Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom! Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call freedom. No one to put you out. Free. 
This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, here we go. Here we go. Thank you, everybody. I totally, totally, uh, I totally appreciate it, and I, I I do appreciate it because I know a lot of people have been saying some nice things about the show, and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. But it's not all me. Everything is not me. It's not all me. It's just uh, some of it is, most of it is. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it's you because you take time to uh, to listen and uh, give your feedback, and you follow me on the show, and that's great. That's wonderful. All right, welcome to another segment, another episode of the George. Wilder Jr. Show. I think this is my three, four hundred, four hundred and something, maybe five hundred episodes that I've done. Some of the shows I've deleted because there, are, there were some complications and stuff like that. But most of the shows that are up there now that you can listen to anytime you want, uh, are pretty good, pretty good. Especially the last one I've done. I'm, I very seldom listen to myself. <laughs> I very seldom play the shows back, but. Uh, uh, but sometimes I do just to make sure that it's clear and it's coming through okay and uh, things of that sort and nature. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago. We're, we're, I'm in my studio near the lake here, Lake Michigan. It's right over there, and it's a step or two away, and it is beautiful out here. It's cloudy, it's gray, but it's beautiful. Uh, the weathermen said, uh, at least in the city of Chicago, the weather people were saying that it was not going to rain today. Well, you know what? It rained. <laughs> they can never get it right. I mean, these guys and girls, uh, pretty little girls who up there are trying to tell you, trying to tell you what the weather is going to be like, and they can't get it right either. They are too busy trying to look cute on camera in front of a weather map. And they just get it all wrong, just like the guys do. I mean, you know, we were out this morning and it, and it rained like, you know, it was, I mean, it was coming down at some point. And I recall watching the news last night and looking at the weather chart and they said no rain for the day. Lo and behold, it rained. And then they tried to make up for it by saying, well, some sprinkles popped up. Sprinkles popped up. That wasn't sprinkles weather people that was rain rain you said that was not going to come we got wet <laughs> all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show sad note uh uh guitarist singer rocker blues um uh icon um tom petty passed away he was 66 years old, and 66 to me is not that old. I mean, wow. So uh, I'm thinking that it's more than just him passing away or just having a heart attack. At at 66, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, people can die at any age, actually, but 66, you, you figure that something played a part in his death. And I'm waiting on the autopsy to find out what really caused his heart, heart attack. But, but Generally, anyway, uh, Tom Petty of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He just got through. He just got through doing a show about a week or so ago, 
Yeah, and I saw clips of it, the show that of his last show, and he didn't look good. He really didn't look good. He looked as if he could barely stand up holding a guitar, uh, playing the guitar. Um, I saw his last show. I saw clips of it. I wasn't there. I just saw clips of it and and parts of it on television because, you know, he passed away. So a lot of the journalists and um, reporters were showing clips of his last, his very 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 last show. I think he had a forty. A forty tour world uh show world tour, something like that, and uh he was on the last leg of it, and he didn't look well, he really did not to me I mean someone else might say, well, he looked great, he looked healthy, he looked fine, but from my eye he he didn't look good he 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 was clearly sick from my standpoint, he was clearly sick, and maybe he was just tired, exhausted. Uh, I mean, when you when you're on the road that much, that can happen. Maybe he overworked himself, or and it was too much on his heart. Maybe he was a smoker, or uh, Lord forbid he was he was taking drugs or anything. Uh, but I think there's something that actually caused his heart attack. We'll know about it. We'll know about um, maybe a week or so. But uh, Tom Petty is dead. I mean, if. I mean, all of these great rock stars and blues personalities and, and all these people are just dead. I can just uh, give you a litany of the people who, who, who are dead. James Brown, Michael Jackson, David Bowie, you, Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Um, you can just Prince. You can just – and don't even mention some of the actors that have passed away this year. I don't know. Uh, 2017 has really, really been a a, a bad year for uh, celebrities, celebrity deaths, especially uh, singers and guitarists and people you've grown up with. Tom Petty, I, I wasn't a real true fan of Tom Petty, but I do know he was sort of a Bob Dylan type figure. And he played... I mean, if you're a guitarist, I'm a, I'm a fan because I'm trying to learn how to play a lot better than what I'm doing. Uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, a lot of the uh, celebrities have passed away. I mean, the people we have grown up to to admire. You know, I mean, wow, Joe Pass. I didn't, you know, I was, uh, when I was first studying guitar, I my icon instead of Eric Clapton was Joe Pass. Joe Pass was a... Um, guitarist, jazz guitarist, and I was just watching him on YouTube. I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea that Joe Pass, this great, great guitarist, he backed up Ella Fitzgerald. Um, it was uh, in a concert. It was just Joe Pass on the guitar and just Ella Fitzgerald singing to uh, what he was playing. And it was, it's a beautiful concert. You can find it on YouTube if you're interested. But anyway, I, I was uh, involved with Joe Pass because I thought, I mean, looking at Joe Pass and some of his concerts, I thought he was the greatest jazz player in the world, guitarist. Uh, but he was just doing it, not to eclipse George Benson. You know, I mean, hey, I am a George Benson fan, and he's still he's still around. Uh, but Joe Pass was like, I mean, he was just virtuoso. He was it. And I was studying Joe Pass, I mean, trying to play like him, trying to listening to him talk and all this stuff on YouTube. And he looked so alive. He looked 
Joe Pass, uh, he looks so alive because he used to play for so many years. He used to play with Oscar Peterson, the pianist, the gifted pianist. Arthur Peterson was totally, totally gifted. I mean, he was gifted since the day of his inception in terms of playing the piano. And Joe Pass, uh, he was a member of the Oscar Peterson trio. And suddenly, after so many years with Oscar Peterson and with other playing, sitting in with other artists, Joe Pass went out on went out on his own, and he became. And all he did was did all he did was concerts, concerts with him and just his guitar. World he sold out concerts all over the world with him and just his guitar. Joe Pass did not sing. He did not have any accomplishments. There were nobody backing him up. He just sat there on that stool and played the hell out of that guitar. And we were all enthralled and we were all just totally, totally entertained. So that's one of the things I, I fell in love with Joe Pass and his playing, virtually his playing, because I wanted to play like that. I wanted to, and I know I could never play like that. Joe Pass is Joe Pass. And if it, you know, and, but I'm watching these videos of Joe Pass playing and all of these playing and all of these uh, concerts that, that he's given. And I'm thinking that the guy is alive. This was not too long ago. I'm thinking that Joe Pass is alive because he seems so alive. He seems so alive and healthy when I was watching these videos. Shows you how naive I was. And then I immediately learned that he had been dead for almost 25 years. He has been dead for almost 25 years. I'm saying, I think his death happened in 1994, and here it is, 2017, and I'm and he looked in. I'm watching these videos of Joe Pass, and he looks like he he looks at just as alive as you and me, or you or me. I mean, he looked. I thought the man was, you know, because I was a fan of his. Found them on YouTube, and I found them through uh, a Google search. And I was watching him play, and uh, he just was so magnificent. And I'm learning that he died at the age of 65 in 1994. And but uh, I still watch him. I still admire him. I still uh, want to be able to play like him because he was just the best. I'm not taking any anything away from um, Eric Clapton, George Benson. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and a lot of these other players, B.B. King, because it, 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 if I uh, can say this, I think all of those people I just mentioned, they are in a category of their own. Okay, Joe Pass was a Eric Clapton is a rock guitarist and a blues guitarist. Uh, George Benson is also a jazz uh, guitarist. He's he's great. He's beautiful. He's wonderful. And I admire his playing too, but I'm more of a Joe Pass kind of a guy because I think Joe Pass is is just awesome. I think they're all awesome, but uh, I mean, uh, I think Eric Clapton is. I don't think he's God, like so many people have said <laughs> uh, years ago. But I do think he's one of the greatest guitar players in the world. There's a lot of great guitarists out there, not just Eric Clapton, but there's a lot of great guitarists out there. You know. Eric just happens to be one of them. You know, I don't think he's God. Sometimes, even Eric Clapton will tell you, I'm not God. 
when it comes when I say Eric Clapton is not God or Eric Clapton is God, we're just talking about how good he is at playing the guitar. We're not talking literally. We know he's not God literally, but you know people have said that he was God meant that he was just a he's many meaning that he was just one of the greatest guitar players around ever. But uh, just like Joe um, Jack Bruce said, one of the one of uh, Cream members, one of uh, Eric Clapton's uh, bass player for Cream. He's passed away now. So he said the same thing I'm saying. He said, Eric Clapton is just one of many great guitarists. You know, and I agree. I agree. There are many, a lot of uh, uh, great guitarists out there. And just Eric just happened to be one of them. And uh, there's a lot of jazz, great jazz guitarists. And Joe Pass just happened to be one of them. I think Joe Pass is one of the best. Was, exactly, because he's passed away. If I can get back to my thought. A lot of these guys are just dropping dead. I mean, a lot of these talented, um, great people, beautiful people, uh, dropping dead. And today we had Tom Petty. Uh, you know, I wasn't a great fan of Tom Petty, but I remember having a few things by him. I I remember, you know, hearing him on the radio and all that kind of thing, driving in my car, and there was Tom Petty <laughs> singing with the Heartbreakers. Uh, as I've said yesterday on the show, I always thought Tom Petty was a Bob Dylan-like singer, but he did uh, he did it all. He did rock, blues, uh, folk. He, Tom Petty did it all. And when it comes to my musical taste, uh, I mean, if it sounds good to me, hey, I like it. You know, if, if there's something to it, I mean, I can I can deal with country. I can deal with easy. I can deal with Frank Sinatra. I can deal with Dean Martin. I can deal with James Brown. I can deal with um, Funkadelic. <laughs> you know, if it's music and it's good music, you know, I I love it. I, I have no preference. I'm not uh, stereotyping anybody. I mean, music. I like music. All kinds of music. All types of music. You know, but but. To, but the music of 2017, it's not as good as the music of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I don't think so. Uh, the music of today is just, I don't even know half, half these people who are making music, to, music today. Radio, uh, they don't play uh, the music like they used to play 10, 20, or 30 years ago, or 40 maybe even 50. They do not play the music the way they used to. Uh, there was a time when the radio when radio brought the music to you. Now, if you want to hear certain kinds of music, uh, you go and find that music. I, it, it's not coming to you anymore. And you have to find it, you know, <laughs> dig around and find I want to hear this. I want to hear that. But let me find it. You got to find it. There was a time when the music found you. You didn't have to go out and find it. Um, uh, but uh, my musical taste, I like jazz. I like jazz. I love jazz. I love uh, rock, blues, uh, you name it. I mean, I just love it all. Easy listening, piano music, you know, uh, classical music. I mean, it's just, I, I'm just wide open for everything. Musically, of course. And a lot of these, and it's sad to see a lot of people, uh, artists, great uh, artists, great people, great people of talent, if I can say it, 
mouth is twisted as always. Uh, but Tom Petty, he's gone. I mean, this, this is just crazy. People are dying, you know. Okay. All right. You've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show. And I want to say one thing, Tom Petty, rest in peace, man. We still have your music. We can listen to you. We can always listen to Tom Petty. And that's another thing. People are gone. Michael Jackson is gone. Prince is gone. I mean, hey, wow. David Bowie is gone. Um, wow. Hmm. Jack Bruce is gone. I know a lot of people probably don't know who Jack Bruce is. Jack Bruce is uh, uh, a member of the group. Queen, uh, cream, cream, cream. Not, I was going to say queen. <laughs> um, yeah, Freddie Mercury is dead. Um, uh, oh, it's so many people that have died that I grew up with listening to. And um, I feel James Brown, I've said that before. Uh, Albert King, B.B. King. Um, uh, a lot of jazz players. Uh, Kenny, I think Kenny... Um, Gamble is still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, it's a lot of people that have passed away in 2017, a lot of talented people. But as I've always said, and I, I, I'll keep saying it, you know, I mean, uh, we're all going to die. Nobody's going to live forever. We're all going to die. Uh, so... Get that through your head. No one's going to get out of this alive. We're all going to die. And I don't mean that to make you feel depressed or anything, uh, but um, we're all going to die. So I would probably say, if you, if you know you're going to die, and we are, leave something behind. Leave something behind where we can remember you and say, Hi, hey, um, Deborah was here. Uh, uh, Sarah was here. Uh, uh, John was here. Look, I mean, because, I mean, you, you want to try and build your own legacy. Build your own legacy, you know. Uh, so when you pass away, we can always remember you because you left something behind. A book, a record, a song, um, something that we can remember. Writings, it doesn't matter. Really, something that we can remember you by. Um, and that's the greatest uh thing ever uh, that the whole world can remember you by. Wow, George was here. Look what he left. Wow. Enjoy this. We can enjoy that. And pretending like he's still alive, you know? I mean, leave something behind. Leave a legacy of yourself. Because, and always prepare for your death. Prepare because you are not going to get out of this alive. Neither am I. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. That's the way the ball bounces. But we can always leave a legacy that we were here and we can still be touching people all over the universe with what we leave behind, you know, leave something, you know, don't just up and die and, and leave nothing. Nobody's going to remember you. Nobody's going to uh, think of you just going to be dead and gone. Bing. But if you leave something behind, uh, leave something behind that other people can always uh, uh, remember you by uh, to, to let the world know that you were here and this is what you accomplished and this is what you left us. It's going to be great. Once you get to heaven, you're going to look down. Wow, everybody's reading my book, even though I'm dead and gone. <laughs> Everybody is watching me. 
my work, I mean, leave something. It doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't have to be a movie. But leave a legacy, even if you just leave it with your family. Leave a legacy. Uh, all right. And uh, once again, I want to say um, God bless uh, uh, Tom Petty and his family. My condolences to his family. One of the things I want to say about Tom Petty is that this guy's got a lot of – he had, I can say had because he's in the past tense now. Uh, he brought a, he brought a, a, an entire arsenal of guitars on the stage. I love the type of guitars that he plays. I'm pretty sure they're very, very expensive. <laughs> so Tom Petty, rest in peace. And I hope they bury him with one of his guitars because um, – he deserves it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, talking about the late, great Tom Petty. I mean, it's been so many late, great musicians um, that have passed away, and we still have a few left, at least from, you know, back in the day, of back in the day. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking breaking to see these people go. But as I've said, folks, we have, we have their... Uh, we have their records, we have their songs, their music. We can always listen to Tom Petty you know, and the Heartbreakers. He's still here. He's just that his spirit is not here. He's gone, but his music is still here. So therefore, Tom Petty lives through us with his music. You know, just like uh, James Brown, B.B. King, David Bowie, he's made Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and a whole host of others. Uh, live through us through their music. They're always here because they left something behind. They left something for us to enjoy uh, while while they left. You think of David Bowie. I mean, David Bowie. David Bowie. Uh, he knew he was dying, so he made an album just for us, just for his fans. He knew he was dying, and the, the it was. The album was sort of melancholy. I think it was called Black Black something. I can't I can't recall. But anyway, it was dark and and it, because he was dying. I mean, he was on his deathbed when he made the album, but he made it for his fans, something to remember him by. He knew he was dying. He died at the age of sixty nine. David Bowie, uh, one of the greatest talents of the twentieth century and the twenty first century. So, um. So leave something behind, you know, um, leave a legacy so we can remember you by. Don't just keel over and die. Leave everybody something uh, that they can remember you by. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for being a part of the show. Um, let's see what we got here. Donald Trump is <laughs> Donald Trump is embarrassing again. What can you say? Donald Trump never ceases to cease to be embarrassing. He's always going to be that way because he is, well, he's Donald Trump. All right, we're going to uh, do this, and we will be right back. I'm hoping the Political volume is okay. Political commentator Navarro and Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt, what do you do about this? Nobody likes to see these types of numbers, Chris. But I think it's important we're at a point in politics where yeah, I, I didn't get a copy of this poll, so I haven't read it thoroughly. But if you look at the numbers of Congress, they're abysmal. If you look at the fact that we just had six Republican senators switch their vote on Obamacare approval, 
Um, there's, there's great concern out there amongst Democrats and Republicans. You have a lot of Democrats who are looking at this strategy of hashtag resistance, and they know that's not a good strategy. But if you're the president and you're looking at these numbers, you know that you've got to steady the ship on these messages that come out of the White House, and you have to make sure that you're pushing back on false stories about what their agenda is. And number one, you've got to get accomplishments through Congress. You've got to repeal Obamacare, and you've got to get a big tax package done. So how does the president lift his own credibility by uh, attacking the others, uh, the credibility of others, Anna? I don't think it's about attacking the credibility of others. I think it, it, the solution is very simple. Start telling the truth. Start telling the American people the truth taking your job seriously, stop making things up, stop exaggerating, stop outright lying, and then repeating it over and over and over again. And I think the people around him, instead of justifying it, instead of spinning it, instead of defending it, need to tell him, you are no longer the, uh, the, the host of The Apprentice. You're not a used car salesman. You are the president of the United States, and the American people deserve to have to believe you at some point. You, you know, look... Matt worked at the Bush White House. He was there during, 90, you know, we had 9-11, we had Katrina. In this country of 300-plus million people of 50 states, at some point we're going to have a grave, natural, or man-made disaster. We need to believe our president when he stands behind that podium and speaks to us. And today, Donald Trump has no credibility because he's been president for 200 days, and he has lied practically every single one of those days. Matt Schlapp, do you think the president can change? Oh, well, I disagree with this whole premise uh, that he's not tr uh, truthful. I disagree with what Anna said there. I actually think we have a very polarized country. We are divided on almost every major issue. And there are people that really despise Donald Trump, that they hate him. And there are big sections of this country that are rooting for him. Let me tell you about the people who are rooting for him, Chris. They don't like Where? everything about Where? him. And they don't like politicians generally. And they don't like it when uh, things don't get done in Congress. And the president's going to, you know, bear some of the responsibility for that. But the part of Trump, uh, of President Trump, that great sections of this country do like is that he is authentic. He does tell you what he thinks. He doesn't, he doesn't put a fine polish on everything. He says it very bluntly. And but how do you like square that fight. with three out of four people thinking he's lying? Well, Chris, like I said, I haven't delved into your poll. I, all I will tell you is you've got to take some responsibility all of us do on the coverage of this when you call the president a liar or other people do for 200 days which i think even even on climate change to hear the coverage to say that people like me who are skeptics over the idea that man is causing the globe to put itself in a position where it's so warm that uh, human life will not be able to be sustained. I'm a skeptic of that. I'm not a liar on You're that You're also issue. not a scientist. I'm a skeptic. And when you have 13 so agencies are. and scientists from no. the government saying something and they're worried Chris, about being suppressed, it's a credibility Chris, issue. I want you and that's to why three that out of four wrong. people say they don't trust the it's, White House. It, it's wrong for people in the media to say that on issues of abortion, on climate change, on the, on the, on the, How on is the abortion and climate change the same thing, Matt? It's about science. And guess what? You're wrong on the science. Many of you who, uh, who believe that people on the pro-life side aren't looking at the science of it. Come on. The science is on my side on the unique It's not about science. It's about ethics, religion, child. and morality no, is what, what abortion is, is about. It's not about science. There's a political difference. In, just because someone's on the other side 
Please don't call him a liar. How I think can, that's but who's not call, helping look, the country. See, this, to, hold on a second, Anna. Hold on a second, because I get a lot of this. You like to throw a label on something you don't like. I get it. Politically persuasive, but it's also BS a lot of the time, Matt. I don't. Nobody's I don't know making means. abortion about science. I've not, I haven't even bring up abortion. Abortion is about science. You did abortion. The idea of when life begins. Guess it's what? Science. Nobody it's knows. Science. You can believe no, it begins at conception. Right. You can begin no. it believes 40 days after See, Chris, the way the Jews do. This is the you can believe in viability. There is no, an no, unknown component to it. That's no, not what not. the science each, is behind climate change. Matt, you, they're not each, the same thing. The science of when okay. life begins is unquestionable. And the question on climate change, actually there's a great diversity on the science. And we, ha we do have political disagreements. But, but I think it's wrong in the country when we call people who have a contrary position a liar, and that's what's dominating the right, coverage. That, Anna, that's a, a fair point. That is, that is Anna, just, Anna, that's a fair that point that if you just because you disagree, you call someone a liar. I agree with Matt. Disagreement doesn't mean somebody's lying, somebody's telling the truth. But that's no, also no. not the case with a lot of these issues, especially when it comes to climate science. Listen, you know, um, Matt is very able, and we are now chasing this rabbit and talking about abortion and policy disagreements. This is not about policy disagreements. You don't call somebody a liar because they disagree with you on, you know, one policy issue or another. It's about the three to five million illegal immigrants he lied about. It's about the crowds of the inaugural he lied about it's about I mean, no coverage of north about... korea when it was being covered as he exactly. tweeted it it's about the it's, birther it's... thing yeah there's a pattern here matt and you know it it's not that I people think... disagree with his let... heartfelt beliefs about abortion or let about climate you, science let me give some on this okay i think it's a very fair criticism i think your question the poll said that people are dubious about some of the things they hear coming out of the white house it's a big overwhelming number i'll give you that's a no, nothing anybody who works in a white house wants to see and I think some of the communications chaos that has come out of the White House, White House over the last six months that was front and center with the White House press briefing, I don't think that helped things. And I think the president and his team have to be awfully careful with how they characterize things because people are listening and people are watching. But I do think that we're in a big fight. We're in a big political fight in this country. There are divides. Anna and I are both Republicans. We have a strong disagreement on the Trump agenda. I'm totally for the... President Trump and his agenda. I want it to pass. I think it's going to make America better. As we fight, let's have a fair fight on a disagreement on the issues. I think President Obama was wrong on a lot of things. I think it was wrong for Loretta Lynch to use an alias in her email. I think that was duplicitous. Yeah, I just There's don't a lot see of the, things. I, I just see the legitimacy of your premise. Nobody's coming at President Trump because Anna Navarro of what he believes about abortion. I don't even think we know for That's sure right. what he does believe about listen, abortion. Listen, That's not or right. what it is no, about no, climate people, science. It's about his ability to tell you, the truth about anything. You just anything. said that the no, administration was going to swell. Look, well, you're trying to make this segment Anna. about something that is completely not about. No, you no, talk you and talk are. and talk. You no, just no, want you've to tried to make this about abortion. You've tried to make it about science. That's not about what it is. It's about the fact that the president of the United States goes out and lies either by Twitter or in person daily. Last week, he told us he had phone calls he did not have with people who did not call him on the phone, who he claimed told him things they did not tell him. That is a lie. Some of you may choose to believe alternate facts and live in an alternate universe. Some of I us don't. choose to believe in a factual universe let's just do this the one thing i would say is the following which is i think hold the president accountable hold the white house accountable i don't have any problem with that but let's be awfully careful when you throw around the word lie 
on all these positions that the president and the people who support Give us an example taking. of the because president being called a liar do. where it's unfair, Matt. I watched, I listened to CNN on the drive-in, Chris, mm -hmm. and I heard you characterize those folks that are critics on climate change as lying about the science. And I think you should take that back. I don't think that's accurate. There's a great diversity of views from scientists, true climatologists, not just people with PhDs who are liberal professors across this country or people embedded in the bureaucracy. We ought to have a real discussion on these things. Yes, I'm not a scientist and neither are you. Matt, it's just, but we ought to be it's careful just with inherently the term. misleading. I'll say it again. That's okay? the same thing and as a lie. I'll say that it again. A, that's no, a synonym. What you're saying, no, 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 well, look, call it what you want. I, I see the definition as of lying as being pretty, uh, pretty plain. A factual inaccuracy done with intention to deceive. Okay? Right. That's the definition of a lie. It's a I good like one. That I think you should own it. Here's the yes. deal with it. Okay? When it comes to how much temperature is changing, when will big shifts happen, that's going to be soft. They don't know. The predictions and, and the contentions vary. But you have, again, 13 government agencies, scientists from each and all, saying there are real problems in an absolute effect that is human-driven and it needs to be addressed. Right, but when you attack one... that premise with nothing other than your feelings about it, that you're skeptical, that starts to take you into the realm of gross... Please, I'm governed by emotions when it comes to these questions. But you're policy. not a scientist. I neither are you, and you don't even understand what these scientists are saying. But that's why I don't debunk ninety plus percent no of the scientific community on the basis no, of how I feel about it, no, Matt. What you, can you just do me a favor? Are we, are we here can, not talking about Donald Trump being a liar, well, being it, it versus all being grows out of the same Anna, thing? Because Anna, it's, the Anna, president has had to own this right, kind of stuff. All right, all right, all righty, all righty. Because you cannot defend the fact that the president of the United States is a compulsive, pathetic, daily liar. You can't defend that. So Anna, you are you, making you, us chase you, you down Trump's this path of abortion. And of, and of, you, no, you need no, to relax. No, you have, you have Trump Kool-Aid overdose is what you have. Is either you of those, are either of those based on science? For you oh. Because it gives you Are access. either of those maladies we, based on science? By the way, I just want to know. Is yeah, Trump right. derangement syndrome? No. Is that scientific? Is the Kool-Aid thing science? But I might, but I might need counseling after this session. I'll tell you that. Look, Matt, I'll tell you what. I hear where you're coming from. Everybody on the panel. Don't call me a liar. I'm not calling you a liar. I've never, you are. I've never, I've I'm, never I'm, called you a liar. I'm no, saying... No, but I'm, just when I have a political disagreement with of somebody... Of course then it's not and, lying. And, and, and maybe some people are on the side with me. No, 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 Anna, it's a legitimate point. It, just because you disagree Chris, with something about somebody about doesn't mean somebody's huge, lying. No, but... But no, but what, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a huge list that gets published all right. the time by right. people who keep track of what Donald right. Trump says. Both are and true, who confirm though. that they are lies. That both he are true. Both are true. The, the Hold on a second, guys. Hold on a second, guys. The lists are so I, long listen, that they I know, take out I know. an entire newspaper Anna, page. I know. We're not talking about I develop science. parts of the list. We report on the list. We do fact checks all the time. I get it. I'm just saying Matt is making a valid point. Is it a little bit off point? Yes, but he's making the point that just because you disagree doesn't mean that somebody's that a liar. Matt, you're I'm right about Matt what you're saying. I, I got you. Matt Ferguson to discuss this. I got everybody. <laughs> I want to talk about the president's reaction to Ken Frazier. Ken Frazier All right. the president's manufacturing council. Ken Frazier's the man who's been to the president's side many times when this group has been low, meeting. Ken Frazier quit. And what did the president do about it? He went after him.
Uh, the president wrote, now that Ken Frazier and Merck Farmer has resigned from President's Manufacturing Council, we have more time to lower rip-off drug prices. And again, if you're keeping score at home, that's one mention of Ken Frazier in the last 48 hours, zero mention of white supremacy. Right. This is the Trump style. Um, you get in his face, he'll hit you. Harvey bearing down on the Texas coast, Category 4 storm. At the same time, we learned that the president was going to pardon former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Did the president use Harvey for political cover? Let's discuss. In fact, let's debate. We have CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and Republican Arizona State Senator Steve Montenegro. Anna, what do you think? Was this playing politics? Even though we have a 24-hour news cycle now, you don't get the Friday pass the way you used to. But do you think the pardon was conveniently timed? Oh, of course it was conveniently timed. Listen, uh, first of all, that same day he did the, he signed the ban on transgender serving in the mm -hmm. military, which is incredibly offensive, that a guy who's been a continuous draft dodger would ban patriotic, qualified Americans willing to risk their lives from serving, something he was unwilling to do, <clears throat> something I was unwilling to do just because of their sexual identity. That is offensive. He does that earlier in the afternoon. Then... He does the Arpaio pardon. And then we learn that Gorka left the White House, of course, or was ushered out of the White House. That's not coincidence. That's him throwing a bone to his base first before announcing something that he knew his base would not like. And, of course, using the context of the hurricane to distract us all, as one of his deputy homeland uh, advisors said yesterday on ABC. Nobody's paying attention to Arpaio because there's a hurricane that right. we are living through. Well, he is damn wrong. There is a lot of people right. in this country, not only Latinos, who are incredibly offended by the pardoning of a man who is a racial profiler and a discriminatory racist. All right. Well, we're paying attention to all of it, obviously. And I believe we have a Latino who is not offended by the pardon in the form of lawmaker Montenegro. What do you think of the pardon of Arpaio? Well, thank you for having me this morning again. Um, listen, what's, what's on display here is just the blatant outrage uh, the hypocrisy from the left. I mean, when Barack Obama, when President Obama was pardoning uh, thugs and when he was pardoning someone like Oscar Lopez Rivera, who is a convicted, unrepented terrorist, where was the outrage there by the left? When he was uh, pardoning someone like Brand, uh, Brandon Manning, uh, someone Bradley that Manning. was giving away... Bradley Manning, excuse me. Somebody that was giving away... Thank you. Someone that was giving away secrets that was compromising national security to our country, where was the outrage there? Well, what does that I mean, mean we're about, about the Arpaio year old. Well, you, don't justify, about you don't justify old. Arpaio by saying there were other pardons that we didn't like, that you didn't give as much attention. That's called whataboutism. No, but, Let's just stick what to I'm Arpaio. Saying, was it the right course, move? But what, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that there's hypocrisy. Look, pardons are something that the, the presidents in this country uh, have the power to do all the time. We're talking about a 75-year-old man here who has served his country since he was 18 years old, who, who the best the left can throw at him is a misdemeanor. And even then, the way the process was done, the, the way that the judicial system was used here what was incorrect. How so? And, 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 and the, well, look, we have judges that should have recused themselves, judges that had complete bias in this case that shouldn't have been uh, adjudicating in this process. And then when it's time to actually go to trial, they, they set it up, the Obama administration, the most political administration and judicial administration there has been, 
makes it so that he can't have a jury trial. Like, I'm confident that if this would have gone to, to, to appeal, he would have won this on appeal. But again, the, the hypocrisy of the left, and then they scream racism, because that's all the liberals and all the left has well, when but, it comes to right, well, running take, out of facts. Let's, let's take, let's take that plan, Anna, yes, because the reason that racism is being um, put into this mix is because that was what the pattern of discrimination disclosed. Uh, that's how Arpaio got in trouble, was because of what he was doing. So racism wasn't just injected into this. That was well, the premise the of his behavior. But Anna, go, ahead. go ahead. Listen, um, you know, those are nice talking points about the left, but I am not the left. I have been a Republican since I came to this country fleeing communism when I was eight years old and Ronald Reagan was president. John McCain, who has spoken strongly against the Arpaio pardon, is not the left. He is a national hero and was the Republican nominee. Your other senator, Jeff Flake, also a Republican from Arizona. People who know the facts and who've been on the ground are not the left. Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, who came out and spoke against this pardoning of Arpaio, is not the left. Congresswoman Ileana Ross from Miami, a first Latina Republican elected to Congress who has been there for decades. It's not the left. So this thing about the left and the talking points and the whataboutisms, they're a very nice, you know, crutch for you to use, and you're entitled to use it. And let me say this to you. There's going to be a lot of Latinos watching you and listening to you today who are going to say you're a self-loathing Latino who doesn't look at him, I'm himself in the mirror. I'm going to tell them to stop, because the maturity of a community means that we can have diversity of opinion. And if that's a, your, your opinion, I differ from it, but I'm not going to call you out on it that way. Now, that look, being said, me, this is not about the that, left. Please. This is a please judge, and this right. is a lot of Republicans who have spoken out all against right, so, this. All right, Let's put the politics to the right. side. Well, but I hold, on, answer, hold on, hold on. You Chris, can answer, I want but to answer me, to this because directly, else this, directly went, this directly went to what, what I am trying to say. So let me right, respond to this. Anna, you, you, anybody can say that they're a Republican. Granted, you are a Republican, but you're also a liberal. And you can't run away from that. The reality is you're, you voted for Hillary Clinton. So let's be honest about what we're talking about here. We're talking about a narrative that tries to pin conservatives and right. Republicans as racist right, but here's the just thing. because we follow the here, rule of here's law. The just because why am I a liberal? Why am I a liberal? Because I stand up for my community. Why am I a liberal? Because I want to defend the Dream Act kids. Why am I a liberal? Because I don't forget that I'm an immigrant and that I'm a Hispanic and that I have a Latin accent when I speak English Look. and I want to defend those who get racially no, profiled see, by people you, who discriminate at, against us? Why let's am look at I the liberal? issues that actually because matter I, to If you want to use the Hispanic community, if you want to use the Hispanic community, I voted for Hillary Clinton because I thought and I think that Donald Trump is unfit. Unfit as president, unfit as a candidate, and unfit as a Republican. And I was a Republican see, when he was a Democrat. And you lean on the Hispanic community. If you want to, if we want to talk about the Hispanic community, well, I know. So am I. So let's talk. If you want to right. talk about what matters to the Hispanic community, right. what matters to the Hispanic community are jobs. Wait, the hold on a second. For our hold kids. On. Mr. Montenegro, this is what matters to hold the Hispanic on one community. Jobs yes, matter to every community. Raising wages That's would be correct. a panacea for many problems in this country. We're waiting to see how the president makes that happen. So that's one issue. But you have said nothing about the sum and substance of what got Arpaio in trouble. Do you think it's okay to look at someone like you and say, hmm? You look like you might be Latino. I think but I'll see, check to Chris, see if you're a legal okay. immigrant or not. So this, Are you this okay is, with look, that every practice? Story, every story needs a villain. And in this case, the media has made a villain. Talk but about the, reality the practice. Is, I am. Let, let me finish. Go ahead. The, the reality is that you have an 85-year-old man. Look, 
33% of his employees were Hispanics. Five out of five of his top deputies, three of them were Hispanic. He's got, he has a grandchild child that's Hispanic and another grandchild that he's black. This whole nonsense about racism is something that the left, that liberals well, use. Then what was the practice about? can't respect the rule if of law. If you look folks, like an illegal, I'm going to check you for ID. You Does see that sound good you to you? You see what I'm saying? When the left, when liberals are, are out of talking points, when they are out of facts, <laughs> they Defend use racism. the practice. The reality, the You're reality not speaking is to the practice. You haven't said Again. a damn thing about the practice. Chris, the facts Chris, that were on the record. Address them. Not to mention that he was doing that's that. That's what I'm he trying to say. racially profiling Chris, way that's before what I'm he was 85 say. years Look, old. This is, this is, the, again, I answered that. You, what, what you said nothing what about the practice itself. Nothing. You keep saying that it's being made an excuse by the left. Fine, if you want to say that. But actually, justify the practice. So you don't think he did that. You don't, Look, you don't think the facts the on the record here's are Here's the reality. If you're an American that believes in the rule of law, the left screams racism. If you're an American that believes in capitalism and free market, markets, the left screams racism. If you are someone that believes in American exceptionalism, the left and liberals scream racism. Oh, because okay. we're, what, why? Because we're trying That's to fine. make sure we it's abide by the It's a fine political argument. Okay, All I'm saying is, hold on, Anna, we have to leave it. We have to leave it here. But I'm going to state the proposition to the audience just so that they can measure what they've seen. Either you think it's okay to look at somebody and say, you look like you may be an undocumented person, I think I'll check you, that's not, or that's you not the don't. Case. Those that's were the facts that's for the accusation. Right. That is, well, they, that's, can, they can that, Google it themselves. That's how we...
<laughs> Love that laugh. All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Terrible towel. Trump, I don't, I don't know if he's still at, the, at this hour, at this time. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's probably left Puerto Rico by now. But, but it was just a despicable. If you've seen the clips or the video of this guy in Puerto Rico, the way he's throwing paper towel, a roll of paper towels, out to uh, the people who are suffering in Puerto Rico. He throws out a paper towel, and then he sits he sits down and says that uh, Puerto Rico is messing up his budget or something to the to that effect. This man doesn't know how to have empathy. He doesn't know how uh, what it's like to lose everything. He he doesn't know how to feel other people's pain. He doesn't know how to do that. I mean, this is despicable. I mean, I'm looking at Huffington folks, uh, Huffington Post, and where he's tossing a roll of paper towels out to the people suffering, who've lost everything. Uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're devastated. There's a lot of destruction, and this man goes there to toss out a single roll paper towels. I mean, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. And then he's going to say that Puerto Rico is screwing with the uh, the budget. I mean, this, this guy has no business whatsoever being president of the United States. I mean, this throws him a roll. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know the first thing about government. He's probably, I'm pretty sure he's probably said to, him, to himself, what am I doing here? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And he doesn't. I mean, the people of Puerto Rico, they have to feel really, really uh, offended by this. I mean, the whole country or the island, they have to be really, really offended by this. He's throwing out paper towels and saying that they're causing uh, ripples in the budget as if as if it's their fault because they had a hurricane blaming them for the hurricane. This guy has no business whatsoever in the Oval Office. And and it's another thing. I mean, you had all those folks. Uh, gunned down, um, massacred in cold blood, and uh, in Las Vegas, we all know about it. We've seen the carnage. We've seen the video, the cell phone videotape, and they're still talking about it. And and every uh, someone asked Trump to start talking about gun laws in the United States. Trump, like the Republicans, saying that this is not a good time to talk about. gun control. This is this what Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the rest of the Republicans have said. Even, uh, I, I believe, Paul Ryan said that, that this is not a good time to talk about gun control. I mean, you get almost uh, all these people, 59 people dead, uh, uh, 200 and something uh, wounded, maybe more, and these guys don't want to talk about, refuses to talk about 
gun control. This guy had all kinds of weapons he put together to make them shoot faster automatically. I mean, and these, uh, from what I'm hearing, this guy, um, Stephen Paddock, had 42 weapons in two different places, his home and I believe in uh, a senior living uh, community. And uh, these Republicans are saying that it's no time to talk about gun control. What are these clowns? What are they drinking? What are they thinking? This is the best time to talk about gun control. The Republicans are too far up in the asses of the NRA. The NRA has every Republican in that Congress in their pocket and the donors. Instead of these guys in Congress representing you, me, and the rest of the rest of America, they're representing the gun lobbies. They're, rep- they're representing the National Rifle Association because these people are putting money in their pockets, lying in their pockets. So they're screwing me, you, and everybody else simply because we're not rich like they are. We can't give them uh, the kind of donations that the NRA can give them. Every Republican in, in Congress is bought off by the NRA. Money talks. Not what you want and what I want and what you need for your community or your precinct, precinct, your city. They don't give a damn about that because you're not putting money in their pocket. They don't give a damn uh, about any of that. Nine million kids have lost their health care. Hearing that they're reconsidering that, but I'm not sure. I haven't heard much on that. These guys do not care about America. They care about their own bottom line. These people are full of hate. Uh, Some people are saying that it's the KKK in the White House. (laughs) It's the KKK in the Senate, the House. I believe it. Because if you look at these group of Republicans, they're old, they're white, uh, they're rich. And uh, you don't see, when you see these group of Republicans, you don't see no one of color standing in that crowd uh, with Donald Trump. No one. They're all white. I I have nothing against white people. I think some of them are great people. I'm not a racist or anything. I'm just saying uh, Trump's uh, White House and Trump's uh, administration is white. I think there's one token black somewhere. But basically, it's white. Um. And he's was in Puerto Rico today, and he was talking trash, talking garbage. A lot of people didn't understand it. I'm looking at a lot of people around him right now. They wish they were someplace else. As he throws, this is this is gonna make this is gonna go down in history. He throws out a roll of paper towels at the people of Puerto Rico. How insensitive! can you be? How dumb can you be? How ignorant can you be? Throwing out a roll of paper towels at people who have lost everything, who are suffering. They don't have water, electricity. And he gives them paper towels. When all he has to do is write them a check with our money. It's not his money. It's our money. Write them a check, but instead of writing them a check of our money, 
taxpayer money to help them get back up on their feet, he throws paper towels to a crowd of people. That, you know, majority of people look like journalists, but he's throwing those paper towels out there at the people, the citizens, American citizens of Puerto Rico. I don't know if you've seen this shot or, or if you've seen the video, but it's awful. This is totally awful. This man, <laughs> it, it's not funny. I, I, In some ways it is funny because Donald Trump is just so unusual that uh, he doesn't seem to surprise me much at all anymore. If he actually does go out and shoot somebody on the corner, I, I, I would not be surprised. If he was selling watches down here on uh, on Madison and Monroe, I would not be surprised. Because you, in Donald Trump's world, you expect the crazy. You expect the bizarre. You expect the dumb. You expect the um, stupidity. He's ignorant. This guy... It's totally ignorant, and he's going to go down in history as that as as one of the worst presidents ever. Wow, he's throwing paper towels out at these folks who are suffering. It, it it's almost hard to take. Donald Trump helps Donald Trump helps suffering Puerto Ricans by throwing paper towels at them. This is the the, the this is the headline, folks. Donald Trump helps suffering Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans by throwing at them. And he thinks that that's okay. He thinks, in his mind, he thinks that's fine. He's helping them. Wow, that is crazy. In his first visit to Puerto Rico following the devastation of Hurricane Maria, President Donald Trump tossed paper towels at a suffering at suffering survivors today, Tuesday, today. A small number of more than 3 million residents in Puerto Rico still are without power, were gifted with paper towels, which Donald Trump apparently thought was the most pressing need for those in the crowd. This guy is nuts. Uh, But folks, as I've said yesterday, do not get depressed. We're just going to have to vote these people out of office. I mean, this is not in the best interest of America. This is not in the best interest. We are in the summer. And we're going to need probably the Democrats to, to, to um, bring us out. We are in the sewer with this guy. Republicans in Congress because they're aiding and abetting Donald Trump. I mean, they are with him. Mitch McConnell um, and Paul Ryan, the rest of those clowns, they are right with Donald Trump. They want him. Uh, they're, they're being bought off. They are being bought off. And the majority of Republicans in Congress are being told what to do by their donors, by NRA. You know, I mean, they're being paid off. Screw the people. Screw you. Screw me. Uh, we're not giving them millions of dollars for their uh, campaign checks, so they don't give a damn about us. You know, they don't care. They they only care about those who are lining their pockets. 
that's it for these people. And we're going to have to throw them out, out come November, 20, uh, November 2018. But uh, as I've said before, get ready. To, uh, the closer it gets to 2018 of voting these assholes out, they are going to try to find ways to suppress the vote. Donald Trump has got a team out there right now looking for voter fraud where there is none. And if there is voter fraud, it's right there in his White House. Jared Kushner voted um, several times in New York as a woman. His son-in-law married to his daughter. So fraud is right there. He's found it if he's looking for it, right there in the White House. But there is no doubt about it. These, uh, they're looking for voter fraud because they know that we're pissed off and that we're going to do some house cleaning in November uh, 2018. They know this. They know this. We're fed up. We don't want, we don't want it. So they're going to try and, and keep us from voting. They're going to try. I don't think they're going to be successful. I really don't. But they're going to try. So we have to be vigilant and understand that um, they're going to try and cheat because that's, this is the only way the Republicans can win. Cheat, lie, and con. You know, and that's how they won the White House. Donald Trump just lied and conned through his, through his mouth. I mean, uh, Robert De Niro was correct in describing Donald Trump be- before he actually became president. He was correct. I mean, he knew, he actually, he knew Donald Trump a lot better than we, some of us had. But uh, watch out for voter fraud. I mean, get yourself together. I'm going to get everybody I know out here to vote. I mean, even if I have to go door to door and just say, get up off your ass and get out there at the polls, we got to get these people out. You know, so, and as soon as we get these Republicans out, we get, get them out. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The Democrats are going to impeach Donald Trump. And the Republicans know this. They know that if the Democrats win the Senate, the House, Donald Trump will be impeached. But Donald Trump will not be impeached if, if the Republicans only win one House in Congress. They would have to win both Houses. But even if they win just one House uh, of Congress, that will derail Trump's agenda. But you have to realize that Trump was, if Trump is still president when the, Dem, when the Democrats take over, he can still do damage with his executive uh, privileges. I mean, he can still sign stuff into law. He can still wipe away Obama's legacy. Uh, so he can still do some damage. He will still be uh, commander in chief. But I don't think he can start any wars without, <laughs> without um, notifying Congress. Congress would have to be in on that. So he can't start any wars, but he can, you know, I mean, literally start any wars. You have to have uh, legislation on that. And that's something he hasn't been able to do, but he can start a war with his mouth. You know, I mean, uh, the things he says, he's so embarrassing to to the United States. It's pathetic. But, um, yeah, we're going to have to vote these people out. I mean, in uh, uh, November 2018, I'm going to harp on that every day, every day, because, I'm going to be one of those voices out here to say, hey, get your butt out there to the polls, stand in the lines. We got to throw these people out because they're throwing us out. And uh, we really have to do something, folks. This is this is scary. This is very, very scary. 
Um, okay, they're going back. They're talking about uh, the shooting in Las Vegas, uh, which was very, very pathetic. Now they're talking about the shootings that have taken place in Sandy Hook, where all those young babies and children were killed and slaughtered. Uh, and if you think about it, all of those gun massacres around the United States, around America, every time we have one of those gun um, massacres, somebody bring up gun control and it dies. You know, Republicans don't want to talk about gun control ever, period. I mean, you got you got a lot of people out here who love their guns. They want their guns. They're, they are law-abiding citizens. They don't want gun control either. I've own, I own three guns, and you know I don't mind a little gun control. I really don't mind a, a little bit of uh, a gun control. Uh, you know, there's a lot of gun gun owners out here. I mean, you, people around here, they own guns. They, I mean, they own they own guns for all different kinds of reasons. Some people own guns to to protect themselves and their family and their home. Some people don't even carry a gun. They just have one in, in their house or their apartment or their home just to protect themselves. How many times have you heard a burglar breaking into someone's house only to get shot by the owner? Because, you know, uh, people are protecting themselves. How many times have you heard heard of someone walking down the street, uh, suddenly they, they're getting mugged and the mugger didn't know that they were armed and had a weapon and the the, the mugger wine, wine ends up getting shot. People carry guns to protect themselves mostly. They don't carry guns to go and, sh- and uh, shoot up a crowd of people. That's only for the deranged, the demented, the crazy uh, people who are able to get guns. There's a lot of gun owners. I mean, people are walking around every single day. You don't know if they're carrying a gun or not, legally or illegally. You you don't know. People are are fearful. They're scared. They're afraid. They 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 want to protect themselves. You got you have a lot of people who will not go out of the house without some sort of protection: mace, a knife, a gun, a fork. Or something, uh, because they know in this world and in this era of Donald Trump, <laughs> anything could happen just by walking outside of your house. So people, um, they are carrying guns, and a majority of those gun owners, they don't want anything to do with gun regulation. They want to be free. You know, I mean, they'll bring up the Constitution, you know. All right, they're running clips of Tom Petty uh, um, playing his guitar with the Heartbreakers because, as I've stated at the beginning of the show, he has passed away, and um, that's sad. Another uh, musician gone. I'm a musician myself, so I'm always kind of heartbroken when... Uh, 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 a great musician, a great guitarist uh, pass away, you know, but we're all going to die. And um, I want to say one more, t- one more time, um, rest in peace, Tom Petty. 
and I'm just speechless. I have no words every time I think about Donald Trump help suffering Puerto Ricans by throwing paper towels at them. This is a this is the headline, folks. I mean, this is just crazy. He's going to get a lot of flack from this. Probably not, more likely not from the Republicans, the people who are supporting him, aiding and abetting his crimes and, and his stupidity, but from majority of America around the United States of America. He's going to get a lot of flack for this. And he, Trump is always bitching about we don't like him. Facebook doesn't like him. Uh, I, I was hearing the other day that he was coming after Facebook, coming after his critics on Facebook. And a lot of people on Facebook were saying, well, bring it on. He's going to find out everybody's name on Facebook that criticizes him. What the hell? This guy, <laughs> he's coming after Facebook users. Well, if he's coming after me, it's a waste of time because there's too many other people on Facebook that are saying a lot of things about him that's a lot worse than what I'm saying. So, you know, <laughs> he's coming after Facebook users because he's upset that Facebook doesn't like him, you know. Uh, it was funny, you know, it was funny. Uh, well, he bring it on. I don't care. I mean, I don't think he's personally coming after me because there are a lot of people, like I said, all over Facebook and, and social media everywhere saying a lot of worse things than I've ever said about him. You know, and uh, some of the stuff I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe some of the stuff that they're saying, but uh, I totally agree with them. Uh, if it's negative about Donald Trump, I mean, this guy, I figure we... Since I, I figure since we can't get Donald Trump out of, uh, I mean, since not we, but the Republicans in Congress, they won't impeach Donald Trump. They won't run him out of office. So we, the people, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to be the leaders that they are not and do their jobs and throw this guy on his ass out of the White House. He's unfit. He shouldn't be there. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what empathy is like. He doesn't know what feeling is like. He doesn't have any conscience. Man, Donald Trump helps suffering Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans by throwing paper towels at them. You just, you just think of the people that are going to be going on cable television and talk shows and all of these Sunday shows. Just think of all the people, Donald Trump's people. Uh, they're going to be going on these shows defending Donald Trump. They're going to defend Donald Trump, throwing suffering Puerto Ricans paper towels. They're going to be all over the web. They're going to be all over YouTube, Facebook, and try to defend this man tossing out a roll of paper towels to millions of people who are who are suffering in Puerto Rican. A roll of paper towels. One roll. This crazy. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Make sure you uh, click like uh, um, on Blog Talk Radio. 
Uh, follow me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Every now and then I'm on Facebook. Facebook. I'm also a writer. I do have to take time off sometimes to write. It's therapeutic and it keeps me sane because in this crazy world, it's easy to go insane. So I have to keep writing and keep, you know, trying to be creative in some way and um, in multiple ways, I guess, at what's going on in the world. But I'm going to still say that George Wilder Jr. show is all about making the world a better place. Sometimes it feels like it's never going to happen. Maybe it's fruitless, but I don't think so. I don't think so. It's going to take time. Uh, we gotta, we have to uh, together pull America up out of the sewer. We have to pull America up out of the bowels of hell as the Republicans have taken it. There's no doubt about it. So it's going to take the politicians, us, Americans, to pull America up out of the abyss that these guys and girls, the Republicans in Congress, have taken us. I mean, you got all these racists in the White House. Donald Trump is a racist. And that's igniting racist, racism all over the United States. Some people say, well, Donald Trump's a racist, so it's okay for me to be a racist. Donald Trump's a liar, so it's okay for me to be a liar. Donald Trump doesn't have any empathy, so it's okay for me to have empathy. No empathy. No, it's, uh, that's totally incorrect. You don't follow Donald Trump. Donald Trump jump into the lake. Would you follow him? You know, well, yeah, I can swim. I'll follow, you know. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't look like he can swim to me, so. Uh, it's just awful. It's just awful, 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 awful. We are in some trying times here at times. We just got to have to stick it together. Oh, we're going to lose our rights. I mean, this guy is taking us, taking us taking us all the way back to Nazi Germany. At first, I thought that was sort of a joke. I didn't think that was going to play, but uh, it's real. It's real. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It is seven, just about 7.20 straight up Chicago time, p.m. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I want to thank my callers uh, whether you called in yesterday, today, tomorrow, I'm going to thank everybody <laughs> for listening because you, it, it's your time. It's your time, and I try not to uh, abuse it or waste it, and uh, we will be right back.
All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, there's, there's always more to come from Donald Trump. Uh, there, there's always more to come from Donald Trump. Uh, it, it's just phenomenal. Uh, I, I, I do believe that they're starting to investigate uh, his son-in-law email. I, you've probably heard about that. He, A lot of people in Trump's... Uh, and Trump's circle have been using private emails on 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 their uh, public server, and you know. So I'm I'm thinking there's going to be house hearings on that. I mean, it has to be house hearings on that. I mean, they damn near crucified um, emails, and now the hypocrisy, Donald Trump. And the people around him in the White House are using private emails for public service. That's not right. And they should crucify these people just like they crucified Hillary Clinton for her emails. But somehow Donald Trump and his goons think that they are above the law on this. Donald Trump has always thought he was above the law. I'm Donald Trump. I'm king. I'm emperor. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, they're talking about that right now. And let's see what they're saying. We've got about five minutes left into the show. It was a good show. I hope you guys join me tomorrow. Uh, we've got about five more minutes. Let's see if we can't. Puerto Rico's death toll from Hurricane Maria rises to the 34, uh, the governor says. And what does Trump do? He throws up a roll of white paper towels to millions of people who have been devastated by Hurricane Maria. And it's just awful. I mean, it's totally awful, but, you know, that's Trump. I mean, as I've said before, and a lot of people feel, there is nothing uh, Trump can surprise me with anymore. Maybe there is. I mean, throwing up a uh, uh, throwing a, up a roll of white paper towels to the people of Puerto Rico who are suffering, that surprised me. So there, there is <laughs> maybe there is a lot more surprises that will be coming out of Donald Trump as long as he and that he. He's in that office house because that's all I see it as trashing the White House. Kellyanne Conway, I mean, these people are just tearing the, tearing the White House up like it's never been before. Wow. Okay, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Don't forget, folks, to um, 
go to my uh, Amazon page and check out some of my writings, fictional writings. It's good stuff. I mean, I don't put up, I wouldn't put it up if I didn't think it was good stuff. All right, about three more minutes left into the show. It's been great, folks. We hope, hopefully, you will. If I can say it, my mouth has been twisted and tied all day, um, making all kinds of, you know, gaps and everything. But anyway, thanks for thanks for tuning into the show. We're gonna do this right now. We will be right back.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.